final patient I met with also received her treatment as part of a clinical research trial. I went on the internet, so I pretty much knew what to expect, but they just explained to me that it was cancer. They said they got it all. They were going to have to send it to the lab to find out what stage, but the nodule definitely was cancer. And then when I went back a week later, they said that the lab report came back that it was stage three. They found evidence in two lymph nodes, but they had removed the lymph nodes and the nodule and the upper left portion of my lung. So they said I had cancer, and they were pretty confident that they got all of it. And at what point did they bring up the possibility of your seeing a medical oncologist and receiving chemotherapy? Immediately. At that visit, they told me, which I already knew, and they called it sort of like an insurance policy, even though it was no guarantee, of course, because it may come back. But I was referred to the thoracic oncologist, Dr. Wakely, and I saw her probably another week after that. What was your state of mind in this initial phase when you first found out about this? Actually, having been told that I might be 3B and finding out that I was 3A, I was pretty happy. (laughs) I was relieved that they got it all because I thought I was just going to have chemo, and I was pretty happy, and I really had a lot of confidence in the physicians. Can you talk a little bit about the information you received when you met with Dr. Wakely? Well, they told me that I would be getting the chemo medicine was cisplatin, and then they asked me if I wanted to be in the clinical study as well. And so they went over that. It was a very, (laughs) I took that home with me and read it. It It's about 30 pages. What did you take away from that in terms of the study itself? Well, there was different arms of the study and that not everyone gets the medication. I did not. I went into it where I didn't really have an agenda. I went back and forth thinking, okay, if I get the Avastin, I'm getting the gold standard anyway with the chemo, and I had surgery, so that's good. And if I got that too, we'd be getting everything we needed, bringing all the heavy artillery. However, the side effects of the Avastin frightened me because of the high blood pressure, but I was ready to accept whatever. It's a random study, and if I got the Avastin, I'd be going to Stanford every three weeks for a year. So I didn't get it, and it's okay. I think I could have accepted either way. I think if you have your heart set on one way or another, then you shouldn't be in a clinical study. That was my feeling. What was your reasoning in entering the study? Were you thinking maybe it might benefit you, or were you thinking maybe it would benefit somebody else in the future, or both? To be honest, I was thinking it may benefit someone in the future, because probably before I got the cisplatin and the other drug, someone else had gone through a clinical study, and they found out that it worked. And so at this point, I was feeling pretty good about maybe helping someone else. Hmm, Interesting. Had you had any preconceived notions about what clinical research or cancer research was, or was this really your first exposure to something like this? Mm, I would say I probably would be middle of the road on that. I wasn't completely in the dark, but I wasn't on top of it like a medical person would be. And do you feel that before you went into the trial and before you started therapy that you had a pretty good understanding of what the risks and benefits were? Yes, Was there anything that subsequently looked back and said, I wish I had known that? Or do you feel like you got all the information you needed? I felt like they did a pretty good job of giving me the information. I mean, most of it, we did discuss it, but most of it was the reading of the clinical study. Did you feel that it was being put in your hands and that you had the control to decide what kind of therapy or whether you wanted to be in the trial? Yes, it was totally up to me. I could have changed my mind at any time. But the other good thing is you're followed closely if you're in a study, whether you get the drug or not. And that part, for me, definitely was uh, positive for me. 
What were your greatest concerns before you started treatment? My biggest concern was that I thought I was going to be very sick for a long time. I have never experienced anything like this before. It's similar to morning sickness. I have three children, so it's similar, but it's not as bad as I thought it would be. The fatigue is overwhelming, but it is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to be throwing up all the time, and I thought that I was going to be pretty much not be able to work and bedridden, and it's not. You know, I'm a pretty strong person, but I walked the day after chemo a couple of miles. So what kinds of problems did you actually have with the chemo? I have four medications for nausea, so I don't really get too nauseous, but I get a little queasy. And I think the worst part is, and this is my take on it, is around, I have chemo on Monday and around Friday or Saturday, I don't feel very good. I feel crabby, and my children have told me that I bark at them. What about actual nausea or vomiting? Have you had that? No vomiting and some nausea. Hmm. How about your hair? It's thinning, but it hasn't completely fallen out yet. Any other symptoms or problems that you've noticed? No, other than the nausea on day five or six, which I wasn't anticipating, and the fatigue, that is the biggest one. I haven't had any of the others, like, I don't even want to jinx myself, but I haven't had any of the others that they said I might have. The hair thing really got me, because I have a lot of hair, and it was really long, and now you can probably see it's really short. I got it cut short, but so far, I still have some hair. Right, yeah, it looks good. So how many treatments have you gotten, or how far into the treatment are you right now? I've had two treatments, and then I have my next treatment on Monday, and the next one on September 7th, and then I'm done. So there'll be four treatments. When you look at the support you're receiving, both the medical support as well as maybe personal psychologic-type support, anything there that maybe could have been better or needs that aren't being met right now? I think... Well, I didn't really expect a lot from the doctors for emotional support. They've given me everything I need, the questions, the nurses, everybody there. Family-wise, I think they're good. Friends, you know, at the beginning were really great, and then they kind of drop off, which is good in a way because it makes me realize when this happens to someone else that I know, and it will, I will do things a lot different than I did. I thought I was a supportive person, but now I will not say if there's anything I can do, call me. I will say... What time do you want me to bring your dinner? I have one friend whose husband's a physician, and she did that. She said, I'm at the grocery store. What do you need? I said, I don't need anything. And then she showed up in my house with a bag of groceries. (laughs) That's the kind of thing that I really appreciate. Yeah, I can understand that. Has there been anything positive that's come out of this experience for you? I think that having cancer has been a gift. It's been a gift to me to realize that I need to take life one day at a time. I focus way too much on my work. I would get to work at 7 in the morning, leave at 7 at night. Now I'm forced to work four hours a day, come home, work in my garden, walk at the beach. I only have so much energy. And it's also the way I will be with other people. I always thought I was a really nice, sweet, supportive person. But in a lot of ways, I think it's been a gift. And it makes me appreciate everything so much more. How has it affected your interactions with your friends and family? Well, I think I make sure to tell everybody when they leave, I tell them that I love them and before I might have just let it slide. I've always been really, I have three daughters in their 20s and I'm very, very close to them. And this has made them closer. We were always a close family, so, but they were there. I had a daughter who lived on the East Coast. She was going to school on the East Coast, came home for the surgery, said, I cannot not be their mom. And so she flew in for my surgery, was there. She said, whether it's good news or bad news, I have to be here. So, yeah, it definitely solidified those relationships. 
I wonder if you could maybe take a step back and provide some advice to somebody who was in the same exact situation you were in just a couple of months ago when you first got to the medical oncologist's office and you were hearing about chemotherapy and about this trial. Any advice you would give to a patient in that same situation? The first piece of advice I would give them is do not go on the internet because it is very scary. And I was going on and I have stopped entirely. And I just listen to what my doctor says. I ask my doctors the questions. And I've gone to a couple of support groups, cancer type support groups, but that's just to be with other people. Anything that you found on the internet that was helpful to you? Yeah, I read the testimonials of the people that are still alive that had the same thing that I do, that said that they took life one day at a time, they worked through it. I mean, it's all the things I already did, though. I ate right, I never smoked, I exercised. And so I feel like this, the loss of control is really upsetting to me. But I've accepted that, accepted that you can't control everything. What are some of the things that have helped you sort of deal with this personally? Well, I think my doctor, my surgeon, told me that my chances of long-term survival were excellent. And I can hear him inside my head saying that over and over again. And then my oncologist also told me, you're cured. And I have witnesses to both of those things. So that's very helpful. And I actually told the surgeon, I said, don't sugarcoat this for me. I want the truth. And he said, no, it is not all gloom and doom. You have a really good chance. Odds-wise, percentage 50-50 that I'll be alive in five years, but he still felt because I'm so healthy and because they found it, even though it was in my lymph nodes, they technically considered it early because it hadn't spread anywhere else in my body. I've had an MRI and that came back positive. That was very helpful when that came back, that everything was okay, that there was nothing there. That helped me a lot. When you do have concerns or you feel nervous or unbalanced, like all of us do, what are some of the things that help you sort of get back on track? Sometimes it's not easy because I think now I'm doing something. I'm getting chemo. When the chemo's over, then we start waiting and I get scanned and I start thinking about, I already, I have anticipatory anxiety. I just start thinking that there's nothing I can do and that today's a great day. And I also start thinking about when my kids have grandchildren, you know, I imagine me and a, a new baby, <laughs> those kind of things, the future. But mostly I just focus on all the good things that are happening now because there's nothing that I'm aware of that I can do. I was just thinking some people say, you know, let's say if they go take a walk or if they exercise or if they're with their friends. or Oh, being with people definitely is very helpful. I find that when I'm by myself because I'm I'm not married. I'm single. So I live alone. My kids are grown. So if I'm by myself, especially in the middle of the night, I can put things way out of proportion. Then like on 4th of July, I wasn't feeling very well. It was the chemo week. I went to a barbecue at some friend's house. I went to a parade and I thought, well, I feel pretty good. So yes, I definitely think that being around people is very helpful. Anything you want to add to anything you said today? You know, there is one thing. Well-meaning friends will email me or tell me about like the most recent thing is the eating raw foods. Eat nothing but raw foods and your cancer won't come back. That's not a very good quality of life and I might starve, but I'm already pretty much a vegetarian. I don't eat meat really, <laughs> but going to raw foods is kind of drastic. And I've received other things like that from friends. And I think they mean well, but I think that you just need to focus on your doctor. I think after the chemo, if, I mean, if there is anything that I can do that's been proven, I'll do it. But I already kind of felt like I, 
it just wasn't fair because I had been doing everything that I thought was right. And you read in the media, you know, Dr. Oz is on Oprah and you do all these things and I did all these things. So to get lung cancer when I'd never smoked and took really good care of myself, I felt was really unfair, but I have now accepted it. And I realized that it isn't just People with it. I mean, I was naive because before that's what I thought too. I thought not that smokers deserve to get lung cancer, no one does, but I wasn't at high risk, I didn't think. So, anyway, I don't know. People will try to send you things in email and whatever of things that, oh, doctors just haven't told you about this because they want your money. Well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. But if there was anything that I personally could do to not have it come back, I would do it.